You're listening to the Fantasy Wildcard Podcast. Yeah, so as you mentioned, moving on to the second section of this first stream, and we're going to be covering the NFC North. Um, and we're going to be going for the, the Bears and the Lions in this section. And we've got a, a great guest coming on again. Um, he's Rich King, who you can follow at kfantasy underscore sports. Um, welcome, Rich. How are you doing? Morning. I'm, I'm good, yeah. I uh, just sent the kids upstairs. So, uh, <laughs> I mean, any excuse to just get rid of them, to be honest. <laughs> I can see you patiently waiting in the wings down in, down in the lobby. So we appreciate that. Um, yeah, we've got a, a great little bit coming up with you, Rich, talking about, as I say, the, the Bears and the Lions. So, Kev, should we kick straight in and, and get on with the Bears? What, what's your first question to Rich? Yeah, I'm looking forward to this one. Obviously, Rich is the, the main man at King Fantasy Sports. So uh, we're joined by uh, a legend uh, in the UK arena. <laughs> so uh, no pressure. <laughs> no, um, so on to the Bears. We've got, uh, we'll start at the QB position, um, Justin Fields. Uh, rookie QB taking this year's draft. Just want to get your take on how good you think he can be in Dynasty and is it him or Trey Lance for you? And just to give a bit of background, uh, Lance is going uh, just before Fields in in all uh, in startups and rookie drafts right now. So I think I think for me, um, well, first of all, I'm, I'm probably more of a Trey Lance guy than I am a Justin Fields guy. Um, Matt, Matt likes that. Yeah, yeah, I love that. <laughs> Uh, it's essentially uh, the same reason why people like Lamar Jackson, right? It's a running back who kind of passes the ball. Um, um, in terms of Justin Fields himself, um, pretty decent landing spot. I mean, you've got knockout Andy Dalton as a starter, which I, I personally think Andy Dalton will start the season. Um, I can't remember when the Bears' uh, bye week is, but I reckon that's probably when we'll see the switch, if not before. Uh, Andy Dalton's that just... He's just that steady hand, isn't he? He's... Um, I used to call it like a night, like a Nigel Mansell, you know. <laughs> just yeah, you know, love it. It's just That's quality. It's just it, you're going to get result, but you're not going to feel it's not exciting to watch, yeah. you know. Um, so, I mean, for, for fantasy, I think that he's he, he you know he's obviously a fantastic uh, asset to be picking up now. Uh, that Bears offense has some young pieces, and also has like the you know, likes of Alan Robinson who are like really hitting into their prime. Um, so yeah, I mean, f- for me, uh, more Trey Lance, but Justin Fields would be absolutely fine if you can't get Trey Lance. Yeah. You, you, I think you're bang on actually the, the fact that they're both quality dynasty options. They're going next to each other in, in your, your rookie drafts. Uh, if, if people switched on, they should be going top three, I believe in Superflex with Trevor Lawrence. Um, I'm more of a, a fields guy just based on, I think he's a he's a safer asset. I think that he's more predictable. He's got a, a clearer traje- trajectory as to what it could be. But I do I do also see that Trey Lance's ceiling's absolutely that's, massive in it. It's, yeah, it's, yeah that, that's the big thing, isn't it? It's like, do you want ceiling or floor? Because I think yeah. Fields is going to be the floor guy. Trey Lance is going to be very similar to... Uh, it, it feels to me very much like a, uh, I know the different players, but a Jameis Winston kind of situation in that I'll put him in my starting lineup and I'm not going to watch the game. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to see the box score at the end and then I'm going to feel good about it. Like, I'm not going to want to watch it because I think you'll see. I know he went through that ridiculous streak in college of no interceptions, but I mean, 
I think he's going to maybe see a few ghosts to start with. Um, Ooh. <laughs> well, it's, it's it's a tough division. Like you yeah, know, he, yeah, yeah. You know, likes of Aaron Donald. Like you know, you've not he's not come a- across that. <laughs> Guarantee it. Uh, he's going to get him two times a season. That's not that's not an ideal situation. And then you have got JJ Watt, who I know is not the JJ Watt of old. But I mean, if he's bar- you know hunting you down, like you're going to feel it. <laughs> so. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's a, it's a tough division to be in. Yeah, I think I think the good thing for Bears fans is uh, ever since I've been watching the American football, uh, they've not had a, an outstanding QB. To be honest, mm-hmm. they've not had a QB one in fantasy since I think the turn of the millennium. So um, I think Fields will definitely be a QB one. It's just whether it's this season or beyond. <laughs> uh, what's your thoughts, Matt? I mean. Yeah, I was going to say, I think it's it's big. I think that Alan Robinson's obviously, he's sticking around for 2021. That's going to be huge for, for helping Fields. And a lot of people are excited about Darnell Mooney. I think he's got a potential now to, to take that step forward. I mean, I've seen it all over Twitter, the number of deep balls where Mooney's either been overthrown, underthrown. So potentially getting Fields, who is a pretty good deep thrower, I think that's definitely going to help his, um, his chances of, of, of breaking out. Um, yeah, and just to mention, there's, there's more weapons on, on this Bears offence and, and we'll move on to the running back position. David Montgomery, who he had an incredible 2020 season, in all fairness, finishing as the RB4. Um, so, Rich, what, what are you doing with him in, in Dynasty? Is he a, a buy, a sell or a, a hold for you? It re- for me, it really depends where my team is. If I'm like competing, then I kind of want to add him in because I think yeah. for this season, you know, next couple of seasons at least, he's going to be... Uh, He's going to be decent. Um, I, I I've done my projections for this year, and I've got him in an RB seventeen mm-hmm. in redraft. Um, it's just the volume that's the thing yeah. that that makes me want to have him in my team. Uh, but that for a long term kind of thing, having volume is not great in for dynasty because I want a guy who can pop. You know, if he's only needing dynasty, that situation can change real quick. Um, you know, we've seen the likes of. Todd Gurley, you know, what's happened in, what, three years? Went from being, like, the nail, nailed-on 101 to, um, can I get a fifth-round pick in four years' time for him? You know? Um, so, generally, I'm, I would try and shift on a guy who's just reliant on volume for fantasy relevance, but, uh, yeah, it really depends on where I am in, in my cycle, I guess. What's your feelings, Kev? Because I know you're you're a little bit anti anti David Montgomery. I mean, I'm I'm just first all in the fact that we're we're on a second guest and both of them have slammed Todd Gurley. It's uh, <laughs> it's fantastic. This <laughs> love it. Um, cute cute began a funeral gift, I guess. Um, <laughs> no, I think with, with Montgomery, he had an amazing season. It's all all the stars aligned for him really with yeah. uh, the schedule, the injury to Tariq Cohen, um, just. Just everything like touchdowns, uh, pass catching, it, it just all aligned really nicely. He got 68 targets last season. If if you were telling me that he will, he's guaranteed to get 68 targets this season, I'd be a lot higher than that. His ADP at RB20, I think, if he gets that same pass work, he's going to be a running back one. I think even with a tough schedule, because you've got to think as well. Justin Fields coming into the offense, that's got that's going to be like the the tide that rises all ships, it's it's going to make everybody better um, when, when that does happen. The big concern is the pass usage, and I, I just feel that Tariq Cohen, he's, he's coming in. 
he's going to get his share. He, he, he tends to get like 100 targets, so I can't see Montgomery getting 68 again. And plus there's Damian Williams, who's no couch potato either. So yeah. I think running back 20, going in round five, it, it's fair. He's, he's a fair running back too. Uh, but I think the way I start my dynasty drafts is uh, I prioritise QB and running back. So I'll have very little of Montgomery unless unless he slides even further to probably round six and get him as my, my running back three. Yeah, I think if you can get him as your running back three, that's that's kind of what I was thinking, that kind of value where I'm, I'm happy to take a shot. As, as Rich just mentioned, I think it's it's that volume that I think is going to let him keep that sustainable value. I mean, if we're going into the 2021 season and we're seeing that heavy workload, I think there's a chance that people are going to gravitate towards that. We know our running backs, they're, they're one of the most desired assets when it comes to, to fantasy football. And if there's a team that's struggling and, and they think they can get over the edge with an extra running back, I think that's probably a time to to move on from him while while they're, they're actually seeing that that heavy workload. Um, I think with Tariq Cohen, I think he's more, they like manufacture touches, don't they, for Cohen, rather than him coming in and being the running back, they'll put him in the slot, they'll put him all over the field. So I do still think he'll he'll get some receptions, but I just say that obviously the, the injury to Cohen helped him out loads in, in 2020. So I'm not sure, I'm, I'm too convinced that he'd get that kind of, of level of receptions. But on the whole, I think he, he's a really solid running back three, but not somebody I'd be too happy to, to rely on as my RB2. Yeah, I'll, do, I'll just I'll throw a quick question over to Rich, actually, just about... That class of running backs from uh, 2019, there's got like Montgomery, Josh Jacobs, Miles Sanders, uh, Darrell Henderson. Hello. Um, <laughs> <That's for you. laughs> I just, just wanted to know, Rich, out, out of those uh, three or four guys I mentioned from the 2019 rookie class, where, where would Montgomery be for you in Dynasty? Is he above Jacobs and Miles Sanders or is he somewhere in the middle or, or even the lowest? So I'd probably have him right in, in between i mean but it's really tight like i mean gun to my head i don't really care between all three uh, <laughs> uh you know um uh, jacobs feels to me like jacobs feels to me like i'm just gonna be frustrated with him constantly because it seems like every time i'm like oh wow yeah he could actually get like a proper handle on this offense they go like now nah, we'll just bring in someone else like how many times last season were you jacobs owners no. no, we are we are the most anti-Josh Jacobs. Okay, okay. I picked him up in a couple of spots, and then like the amount of times I just be like, oh wow, well, right, okay, right, down towards the goal line. Okay, why is yeah. Alec in gold on the field? <laughs> or, like, why have you put on, why have you put on Booker? Like what? And then and then they get rid of him, and then you're like, oh, okay, maybe he don't have the opportunity. And then like, oh no, bringing Kenyon Drake. So I mean, <clears throat> for me, I don't really want any of them really i mean yeah. if i was going to choose one i would choose sanders because i think he's probably the one that has the highest range of outcomes and i guess if i'm going to gamble on one i want to gamble on one that can really blow up uh, the other two i think are just you know what they are yeah yeah i think i think out of those guys yeah sanders it depends what you want from your running back too i guess because that's where they're going you want someone that's steady that's going to give you 10 points or do you want someone like Sanders that's potentially giving you a, a 15 point touchdown run on a long range touchdown so yeah, yeah I'm, Sanders, I'm, he's got the upside on yeah. Sanders but it's always interesting with the Eagles because again a little bit like Jacobs they, they always seem to bring in somebody just brought in carry on Johnson yeah. so <laughs> it's always interesting when it comes to him you, you think you're getting that opportunity you see that oh we've got we've got a clear shot Sanders and then they'll they'll bring somebody in I mean I'm not I'm not huge on carry on Johnson but I still think he is gonna he's gonna see the field because he is a 
a good pass blocking um, running back. So I think he, he's going to eat into his time on the field. But as you say, I think Sanders, he's just got that upside. He's probably, I'd say, he's the best receiver out of those three guys. So, yeah, I, 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 he's the one that I would gravitate towards out of those three. And the Eagles have also got Jordan Howard, haven't they, as well, who's, uh, <laughs> who's known to get in the way and the, the be, vulture. A bit, be a bit of a pincher. Um, but, yeah, actually, Jordan Howard, he, he used to play for the Bears, didn't he? So it brings us nicely yeah. back to uh, the Bears. With uh, We're going to move on to the wide receiver core now. Um, one of my favourite players of all time, I love this guy, Alan Robinson. Um, so unlucky with the QB plays uh, he's had in his career, uh, dating back to college. But he's... Um, I just want to know about if you think he's on course to, to be a top six wide receiver this season and what your thoughts are on him being a wide receiver 13 in dynasty startups going in the middle of round five. So I, uh, first of all, I will not have you besmirching the, the probably most likely Packers starter, Blake Bortles. Um, <laughs> like the guy is absolutely elite. Um, in terms of a, a top six finish uh, this season, I've got I've currently got him started out as my wide receiver eight, but I mean it's really tight between like a couple of guys. So I mean he's certainly going to be in that conversation. Um, the biggest question mark I have really is over when the change in offense is yeah. going to be. That's the issue because I think you know Dalton is is fine, but I mean I, I want to see how he links up with Justin Fields, uh, Justin Fields and that's going to be the biggest thing. So I think you can see, uh, I'm almost thinking you could see a kind of a steady Eddie kind of start to the season and then, um, you know, you see it blow up uh, towards the end. It Well, or it could, it could just absolutely flop if Justin Fields really struggles. But I think if that happens, then I'll bring back Dalton because they've got him on the team for a reason, right? Yeah, definitely. I think as, as well with Robinson, what I really love about basically throughout his career is that the target share he's had. He's had he's had four seasons where he's had at least 150 targets, which that's uh, that's like top three at wide receiver every season. And I know I know the Bears have got a, a few exciting young pieces, but I can see this happening again, regardless of who's the quarterback. Another 150 target season. Um, he's not a massive touchdown scorer, actually. He, he he had that huge season in Jacksonville in 2015 where he got 14. Other than that, he's around that 6-7 range. So just imagine as well, if if Justin Fields is as good as advertising, he gets that early start and he's moving that offense, there's potentially some increase in, in touchdown regression as well. So, yeah, I, I'm in love with Alan Robinson. Don't know yeah. about you, Matt. Yeah, I always find him really a really exciting player to have because he always seems safe you always you always know you're going to at least get a low end wide receiver one and now as you just mentioned with that that we're going to assume an, an improved quarterback uh, quarterback player in 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 chicago i think he's got his range of outcomes he could it could potentially i think he could honestly be the wide receiver one um i just i believe i just believe that much in the 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 amount of volume that he gets, the amount of targets he gets, and now we're going to get that improved quarterback play as i said if somebody like jimmy graham if he moves on as well I think that's going to open up a door for um, some more touchdowns, as you just mentioned. So I just think everything seems to be pointing towards a really good season for Robinson. And then even if it's not, as I say, he's just a, a really rock-solid wide receiver one, low-end wide receiver one. I mean, there's not much more you really want, is there, from from your wide receiver, just getting those constant that constant volume and a, a really safe floor. Um, so that moves on nicely to, to the next wide receiver. I mentioned him a little bit earlier. Is 
there's a lot of people sleeper for this year. There are a lot of people getting excited about him. Um, he had a really solid rookie season, and that's Darnell Mooney. Um, his current ADP is wide receiver 56, which to me feels like a bit of a steal. Um, I'm interested to know what you think, Rich. If, if you haven't had your, your rookie drafts this for, for this year, what would you be willing to pay to, to acquire him in Dynasty? Um, I mean, first of all, let's just take the whole it's everyone's sleeper. That means by definition they're not a sleeper, right? <laughs> if everyone knows like, <laughs> everyone knows, if everyone knows about it, then it can't be a sleeper, right? Yeah. Um true. I guess f- for me the, the biggest issue is actually Alan Robinson and that target share. Uh if he's taking around a chunk. So uh the way I do my stats is I only look at target share for games that are players played in. Yeah. And Alan Robinson past two seasons, twenty eight percent, twenty six percent. So that's like a quarter yeah. of my offense just gone. Um, that to me kind of caps what Darnell Mooney can do. So I'm probably a little bit lower on him. Um, yeah, I like the the ability, but I mean, I'm probably going to be offering like a late, a late second, early third. Like, and I don't think I'll get him for that because I think yeah. the hype is built to this stage where, you know, you know, I think people are going to want crazy prices for him, and I'm I'm just not going to pay it. Do you think there's a chance uh, if if Robinson, I believe, is on the on the tag or something? Is it, is there a chance at all in the future that he could be in line for a, a bigger role next season and beyond? Or do you think he is the type of guy in the NFL where he's a he's a complementary piece to an alpha, sort of a, a Robin to a Batman? I mean, I could I could see I could see him being like an alpha receiver. I mean, if Robinson wasn't there, or if you had, I don't want to say like less of an alpha, but uh, if you had less of a target hog. Then I'd probably be a little bit, little bit more on it. Um, my view on the on dynasty value is similar to like the stock market, so I'm not going to buy in on this potential of a deal that you're going to do down the line. Like I'm looking at right now, and I'll, I'll bake yeah. some of that projection in, but I'm not just going to say, "Well, yeah, he's elite," because I've not seen it, um, and I don't think you know. I, I th- honestly think you could start the season he disappoints a lot of people and then you could pick him up for like the price, maybe even less. So you maybe pick him up for like a mid third because people would just be like, Oh, he's not what I wanted ship him off. And then, you know, you're kind of, you're not taking, you're not baking in that, um, like the potential upside into that price. Cause at the moment, the hype just seems mental for me. Uh, I say I've done I've done all my projections for all the teams in the NFL. So I've got currently got, um, wide receiver 60 but i mean oh okay if he scored a touchdown then like he could jump right up to like white <laughs> like wide receiver 50 like that group is like yeah. there's nothing between it but um yeah there's a bunch of guys i prefer over him yeah the situation is a little bit like what we just mentioned with with rich rich and nick on there about the packers with Devontae adams you've got that that alpha in alan robinson and then it's just basically the, the scraps in it what, what what are you going to get beyond alan robinson who's going to see those targets so yeah i, I do understand why you're coming he's probably a guy that you'd, you'd favor more in, in dfs so if you if, if you wanted somebody that's got that potential um boom week i think he's somebody that could offer that but as regards to to being safe i don't think he's going to be a safe player he's just going to be more boom or bust you're throwing him in desperation play you're throwing him into your lineups but yeah i just think it's going to be interesting to see if, if fields can just unlock a little bit of that that potential that we did we did see yeah. in, in 2020. 
yeah i mean i always tend to try and think of things in food takes so i think like alan robinson is like a like a chicken tikka masala like, you know you, you know you know you know what you're getting like you're not going to be disappointed but you're not going to be like overly thrilled um darnell mooney is a little bit of a gel frazy sometimes <laughs> sometimes it's on spot and then sometimes you're like that was a bad decision and you just never know <laughs> i love that i like both i like both of them foods but i think i like uh, i think i like my tikka masala more than my gel frazy yeah. in in that uh, in that context um <laughs> Yeah, I'll, he's interesting, Mooney. I've not got him in any league, and I mean, I think I'm in 11 leagues currently. I probably need to up that number a little bit to uh, <laughs> to get a few more players. But yeah, wide receiver six. There's just guys around him that I think yeah. I prefer. Just I, I look for volume, and with, with Robinson, I, I can't see it even with uh, an, an impending increase uh, improvement at, at QB. Yeah, it's a little bit um, like what 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 Rich just said about. I think that. The hype that's now around him, as if ever, as if he is everyone's sleeper, then he's gaining that hype. And I just think, as you mentioned, with with that group and, and that area of, of wide receiver fifty six, there's guys there that that you could get for for half the price. You could probably get Mooney for just because of that hype around him. So I think for that reason, I'm probably going to target one of those guys that I can get cheaper that could potentially have the same result. Yeah, and the, these darts you're taking in, in round two of rookie drafts at the end of it, I mean. We've got a pretty decent grasp on what Darnell Mooney is. The, these guys in the late second, yeah, there might be busts. Then again, there might be a lot better than Darnell Mooney. I think that the last point up front for me on him is that he's, he's loved in the film community on how good his uh, routes are and um, all the nuances, etc. But fantasy is not about looking good on film, is it? It's about them numbers. And I just can't see him putting up elite numbers and... I think even if Alan Robinson did go after this season, I wouldn't really bump him up too much in my rankings. But we'll move on to the tight end position now. Uh, A guy that I think you actually like, Matt, and it'd be interesting to hear Richard's take on as well. I think his co-host likes him a little bit more, Ali, but... Yeah, 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 definitely. definitely. It's good that we've not got Ali on at this part then, because he'd be going (laughs) going nuts, wouldn't he? (laughs) Um, So, yeah, Rich, just want to get your thoughts on Cole Komet. Um, sophomore tight end. Do you think he can be viable this season in fantasy? Uh, and just from a dynasty perspective as well, he's going as a tight end 21 at the back of the 14th round in startups. Yeah, so at that price, I'm I'm absolutely all in because I just think the thing is that tight end is such a crapshoot um, outside of those like top three, three guys. Um I mean, we, we've seen situations with like Darren Waller where it, it, they've been tight end 58,000 and then <laughs> out of nowhere, they just, they blow up and it, ju- it just needs them to have the opportunity. And I think, um, you know, I think Jimmy Graham, he's a spent force now really, isn't he? Let's be honest. Uh, he's kind of had his day and I think we've seen the changing of the guard there um, to Cole Komet. So I think the price that you're paying, you know, especially if you're on a, even if you're competing, like the price you're paying is like really small yeah. versus the upside. I mean, we could we could be in, in having a conversation next year where we're talking that he finishes the tight end five and honestly wouldn't be shocked. Yeah, he's an interesting guy, he's called Komet. Immediately when I think of him, I just think, nah, he's not for me. But <laughs> I mean, looking at that price, tight end 21, I like that a lot. Um, it's basically anything between sort of tight end five and 20. 
I'm not massive because uh, you can get guys in the twenties. Like I mentioned, Everett on the uh, on the on the earlier part of the stream, but Cole Komet, tight end twenty one. Uh, Adam Troutman will be going around that range, I assume as well, because they're tied at the hip. Um, yeah, I, I'd be on board taking him. If we look at the end of last season when he was getting more playing time over Jimmy Graham, four out of the last five games, he actually had at least six targets, which that might not sound a lot, but in the tight end landscape, that's pretty decent. Uh, it's, I mean, six targets over a 17-game season is actually more than 100 targets, which is very nice. So, yeah, I'd be on board with getting him at, at tight end uh, 21 or whatever who's going in round 14. Yeah, I think it's going to be a, a common slogan in it throughout this this streamathon when we talk about tight ends. But I think if you're not getting any of those top two, three guys, then you're just going to fade the position. And if you can grab somebody like Komet this late on, he's got as good a chance as anybody to to get into that, at least a tight end one. I mean, I think even I could be a tight end one. So <laughs> I think it's there's every chance he's, he's going to get up there. He's, he's, I think Jimmy Graham, as you say, I think he'll be moving on. I believe he's got the contract situation that he's in. They've got an out on him. So I'd be shocked if he sticks around and then he's got that open opportunity in, in, in Chicago. And we've seen it a little bit last year, what he can do and what he can bring. So with that and then the potential added touchdowns, Jimmy Graham was a, a great red zone threat. So if if Komet can, can step into that tight end position and, and get a few more touchdowns, then yeah, I think it, it could quite easily be a tight end one. And if not pushing top half of the, the tight end one position. Yeah, and, and I just want to... I mentioned a guy then, Rich, Adam Troutman, and that he's tied to the hip with Komet Costa that both came out at the same same time. If you was in a draft and there was those two on the board looking at you and it, that was a choice, Komet or Troutman, who would you take? Uh, I'd pro- Honestly, I'm, I'm kind of indifferent between the two. I mean, I'd, probably take, I'd probably take Troutman just because I've seen the Saints have sustained success at the position for years and years so the fact they let jared cook go makes me think that they've got a plan for trauman but i mean my my strategy in startups recently has been fade 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 and then take yes. like and then <laughs> literally to the choir here, Rich. <laughs> and then I'll literally take like three or four like literally at the end yeah. and then i'll work out like very early season who I actually want the other ones can just bin off yeah I guess that's like choosing between a, a Boona and a Rogan Josh, isn't it? Between Chapman uh, and, and uh, Goldschmidt. I don't know which one's which, but both, both steady. Both steady. Yeah, and, and, but as we said, they've both got that shot, haven't they? They're, they're, they're both going to get the opportunity. So, yeah, I think when you get to, to that stage, if you fade in a position, just, just throw plenty of darts and, and see where you're at come the start of the season. And I believe one, if not both, of these guys can, can get into that. <laughs> Just seeing Ali put, put his comment, Cole Komet. I knew it. I knew we couldn't resist speaking about Cole Komet. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we'll quickly move on. So Ali can't say too much more, and we'll move on to onto the Lions. Kev, have you have you got a question to start off with? To, to, yeah. to fire to Rich. Yeah. Wow. The the Lions are such an interesting team with all the changes they've had, and um, the new head coach Dan Campbell about biting people's knees and uh, the, the turnover really all the. All the positions, the QB, uh, both wide receivers as well. Uh, so it's it's going to be a completely new look offense. But we'll we'll start off at QB with uh, that trade for Jared Goff, uh, who's now linking back up with his uh, with new new Lions GM Brad Holmes. They were together at the Rams. I just want to know, Rich, what are the odds that Goff keeps the starting job beyond twenty twenty one? And 
is he better than a risky low end tight uh, QB two? He's actually going as QB twenty nine in the, the eighth round, but just wondered if you have got him on your roster. Is he is he is he worth even starting as a QB two for you? I guess uh, as a QB two, yeah, I guess. Um, I guess the, <laughs> like the issue for me, and what we'll find out real quick is was Jared Goff fantasy relevant because of the, you know the surrounding mm. talent. Or was it him? Now, I'm in the camp that it was because of the surrounding talent. Because if you've got a coach like um, like he had in LA telling you this is what you need to look for, and then you've got the likes of Cooper Cup and Robert Woods that can make the magic happen, um, as well as having, you know, when he was good, uh, Todd Gurley out the backfield, like mm. it, it's almost difficult to fail, you know? Um, I, I, what I think is actually really interesting about the Detroit Lions is Jared Goff has always been, or in the NFL, has always been kind of a, more of a dink and dunker, you know, short passes. And then what we've seen in Detroit is that they've gone, right, let's get Tyrell Williams in, downfield threat. Let's get Brashad Perryman in, downfield threat. Uh, and then it felt to me like they, you know, during the during the draft went, oh, wait, he doesn't like passing long. Okay, <laughs> right, let's get Amon Ross and Brown in. Yeah, okay, sweet. <laughs> Do we have something together? Well, I don't know. Is TJ Hawkinson still fit? Yeah. Okay, that's our offense. <laughs> I think it, I think it's going to become interesting in regards to beyond twenty twenty one. Is the fact, as you just mentioned, that the whole team they're clearly in a bit of a rebuild. They've been trying to acquire as many future picks as, as they can. Um, so, I mean, with this entire team, I, I believe there's there's a chance that they're going to be getting a, an early pick in, in next year's draft. So with that in mind, you have to think they're going to be looking at quarterback. It's, we just mentioned it a little bit earlier that it's not exactly the, the deepest pull when it comes to quarterbacks either in that class. So for me, I feel like that they are going to target another quarterback. Maybe Goff is the starter heading into 2022 and he's more of the, he's then going to start the, the season and, and they're going to hand over to to the rookie so f- for me it is a bit of a worry i do actually have him in a league and, and for 2021 i'm just plugging him in as my qb2 i think with the fact that they're going to be behind a lot i think there's going to be plenty of passing opportunity at least so there's that that, that i think could make him at least be a, a, a steady qb2 but i think beyond that is, is a real risk and, and probably somebody i'd look to move in season if he is putting up half decent numbers is a guy that I'm just going to try and, and move on from. If he has one single good game, yeah. I'm immediately, I'm immediately yeah. hitting everyone and going like, "Did you, did you see that? He's, <laughs> he's honestly amazing. Do you want, yeah. do you want to trade him?" Um, I, I, I fully agree with you. I, for me, if he's on the roster in 2022, depends on how the other pieces have looked. Okay. I think if you, if you see some of those other guys take a step up, like, you know, Sam, Sam Brown is decent. DeAndre Swift still looks great. Hawkinson is effective, then I think you might see them move QB. Let's not forget their defenses. I mean, if you bring your cleats, you can probably get a game, right? <laughs> yeah. um, so I think if we see some improvement on that side, then I think you'll see Jared Goff there. But this is a multi-year rebuild. This would be like one of those, you know, well, you both see loads of stuff on Twitter, right, about orphans, right? This is one of those orphans when you're like, <laughs> eh, I don't really recognise too many of those guys. Uh, so that, that that's what it feels like to me. Yeah. I just want to dig in a bit deeper on that dynasty strategy there, Rich. 
do you employ that strategy where you're hyping up guys you're looking to sell before you do? <laughs> that sounds like something that's quite interesting, actually. Yeah, what what, what I typically do is um, I'll, I'll say to the guys uh, that write for me, I'm like, right, I need you to big up this player. So I'm looking to sell him. And if you can just say, like, Travis Kelsey, you know, he's not good anymore. Uh, I'll just try and get a straight switch. For like for like Trey Burton, that's the that's the ideal. Um, but you, you, you know that Rich is the guy that when he saw that Tim Tebow news, he picked him up off waivers yeah. and added him straight to trade block. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, I think I think we have to start doing this more, Matt, on our shows, don't we? About know, hyping, yeah. hyping up players so that people get a false value on them. Yeah, but when I, I do that, you try and then sell them to me for you try to get the world <laughs> off me to to acquire these players. So it's it I mean, roundabouts. <laughs> Just quickly on Tim Tebow, I'm all for <laughs> inevitable. No, because I can see this happening, right? We're going to see a Philly Philly. <laughs> Trevor yeah. Lawrence catches a touchdown. T- Tim Tebow throws it. And the entire universe, I like, I don't think Twitter will be having the server space to, <laughs> yeah. to deal with that because it will just blow up. You just know that Tebow's coming in at, uh, at the goal line in the Wildcat, don't you? And they're yeah. <laughs> running one in, everybody's going nuts. ETN, Lawrence, uh, James Robinson owners, all the foods in the mind. Um, just back to Jared Goff, actually. I, I'm not his biggest fan. I don't like him anywhere in any dynasty league. But I think the, the main pull you've got on him is the, the starting job. He's, he's guaranteed this season. There's no threat of losing his job to David Blau or uh, Tim Boyle. So I think he's fine for what he is, but long term you're not you're not excited. He does have that rush floor. He's he's his best season rushing is 108 yards. Um, he actually got four touchdowns last season rushing, but I think that was a spike season. It tends to be one or two. So yeah, Goff's a bit meh for me. Yeah. So with that, we'll we'll move on to the next player. Then somebody you've just mentioned didn't have a, an exciting future, but this guy definitely does. It's DeAndre Swift. Um, I believe he's got a, a clear path to be a, a top fantasy running back um, with that heavy workload in twenty twenty one. So, Rich, I'm just interested to know: do, do you agree with that, or do you have any concerns? Obviously, Jamal Williams is is being spoken about a little bit in 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 the media lately as well. That that the coach is, is is excited about having him on the team. So does that concern you when it comes to Swift or are you a guy that's that's all in on Swift? I'm all in on Swift. This yes. year, like as, as a Packers fan, right? Jamal Williams is 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 not the guy, right? <laughs> it's just not it's just not gonna happen. Um he's been brought in for a particular role, which I think is pass catching kind of change of back pace back because he's pretty good at pass blocking. Um which is huge. Um, but I mean, we spoke about David Montgomery earlier and I think DeAndre Swift is maybe at the start of that workload, um, like kind of peak, you know, there's, as we alluded to at the start of, uh, when we started talking about Detroit, there's not a lot of talent on this roster. I mean, the offense is literally going to be right. Is Swift free? No, is Hawkinson free? Yeah. Hawkinson. If it, if Swift's free goes to him, like that's it. They're the two kind of options for me. Um, so, I mean, I'm, I'm all about the Swift life. I mean, if you can pick him up, then uh, go for it. I mean, I think if I'm trying to pick him up, I'm definitely going to be bigging up, you know, what we were talking about earlier, I'm definitely going to be bigging up Williams's impact. <laughs> so, like, you know, you send send that tweet, you know, like, oh, did you see the, the coach really likes the fact that Jamal Williams is fine with him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably worth, like, what, second round now? Um, but I th- the thing is with Swift, I think running backs are so so like elite in their price that it's, it's going to be really difficult to pick him up because if I'm yeah. selling him 
I mean, I've I had some offers for him earlier in the off season, and I was just like, no, I'm just going to hold him because what you're willing to pay isn't what I would value him in because I'm baking yeah. in what I think he's going to yeah. be. No, I think that's that's spot on. He's he's my running back six in dynasty rankings, but looking at his ADP, I was running back seven at the two hundred eight, and to be honest, I'd be happy taking him earlier than that, late first, even early second. I think he's got fantastic upside. Um, he had. 57 targets in 13 games of rookie, 46 receptions. I mean, with the way this team's set up to be playing from behind and you look at the wide receiver car, there's a, there's a chance he's getting 90, 90 targets this season. I think that's well within his range of outcomes. You think he's absolutely nailed on for 60 catches, which it's it, it's just superb. And I, I, think, I think Jamal Williams will have a role, but I don't think he's going to be... Uh, eating too much into it just th think of swift a little bit like aaron jones where uh, he's going to be used in the past game he's going to get his touchdowns jamal williams will be there but the, the talent as well with uh, deandre swift is it's it's unreal i had him pretty close to jonathan taylor last year um big fan of him i, I don't actually think i've got swift in any stops this season yet <laughs> which is very upsetting it just means i have to do a few more that's it <laughs> yeah that I'm, I'm, as I say, I'm really high on Swift. I just think with that workload, I imagine he's going to get Jamal Williams. I mean, he is, he's one of those guys that is rock solid in a lot of things. He's a, a solid receiver, a solid runner, but it's just nothing that really wows you. And then Swift is just, he looked incredible last year in his rookie season. And he even had to wait, didn't he? He started the season with AP, he was the starter. And it didn't take Swift long to, to, brush aside one of the, arguably one of the best running backs that we've ever seen in the NFL. So I think he's definitely got the talent and and with that opportunity he's, he's I'd say he's a buy, but you've you've just mentioned it. I think the hype around him at the minute is so high that it's it's going to be really hard to to acquire somebody like um like DeAndre Swift. So Yeah, I think yeah, if, if if you're gonna be looking to sell, uh to buy him, I think mm -hmm. you need to hit Let's give some tips if you're looking to buy him, right? Because you, you're going to have to try and drive down this price, right? So Jamal Williams' role. And then uh, you also need to say, you know, limited scoring opportunities because you've got Jared Goff passing to literally no one. So they're, they're your two ways to bring that price down. But, I mean, good luck with that. Yeah. <laughs> have you got any more to add on that, Kev? Or? Um, I, I was just going to ask Rich quickly as a, as a Packers fan that knows um, a lot about Jamal Williams. If, if Swift did get injured, would Jamal Williams be the, the workhorse? Could he handle a full load? Because he's always been a split back at the Packers. Yeah, I, I don't think so. And actually, that's I, I've been picking up Jamal Jefferson late in rookie yeah. drafts this season because yeah. I actually think that if Swift goes down, Jefferson will take in like a larger part of that role. And I think a lot of people are going to take Jamal Williams expecting it to be him. But he's just not he's just not that guy. Um just can't just doesn't flash. That's yeah. I guess the best way of saying it. Yeah, yeah I, I think that's that's how I view it as well with, with Jefferson. I think he's probably gonna be the next I think just think Williams is we know what Williams is, don't we? Is he's a nice complimentary piece, but I just I just don't think he would be the guy that, that saw that workload. I think Jefferson he, he would be the guy that I'd, I'd be targeting as a if I was going to pick a handcuff, I'd probably go for Jefferson. I think you could get him a lot cheaper than what you could get Jamal Williams at the minute. Yeah, Jamal Williams. I love his SpongeBob takes, but other than that, he's kind of <laughs> oh yeah, he's brilliant. He's brilliant to watch his interviews, but <laughs> for fantasy, I'm, I'm I'm keeping away. So, Kev, do you want to move on to to the next question? 
Yeah, we'll look at the wide receivers now. It's uh, <laughs> it's not the, the greatest wide receiver core in the <laughs> NFL by no means. It's probably the worst, actually. But um, just just jumping on Amon Ra St. Brown, or ASB as I like to call him, he, he slid to day three. Just want to get your thoughts, Rich. Do you think, uh, does that concern you for his dynasty outlook that he did slide to day three? Um, and do you think he can be a success for the Lions in this week, wide receiver core? To give a bit of background, he's currently going as a wide receiver 57 in startups. And his rookie ADP is wide receiver nine at the back of the second. Yeah, I mean, it, <clears throat> first of all, let's just give a quick shout out to the Sam Brown family. Like, you choose <laughs> awesome kids' names. Yeah. Um, so let's just, yeah. I mean, I'm sure they'll be listening. So <laughs> definitely. Yeah. Um, I think it really depends what league you're playing. If you're playing in PPR then I could talk myself into it more because there are going to be a ton of receptions that are up for, for grabs here. Long term, I mean, as we mentioned before, this team is in proper rebuild mode. So I'm not really thinking too much of anyone that's on this roster outside of Swift and Hawkinson as a long-term viable asset. Uh, Amon Ross, he feels very much to me like... Uh, like a Larry Fitzgerald last couple of seasons, like you're going to have him on your roster and you're going to be like, yeah, he's too good to drop, but I'm not going to start him. Yeah. And he's just going to sit there festering. And for me, that's like, I don't really like players like that typically because I'm not going to know what to do with them. Like I really struggle. I would I'd much rather get someone who just has like pure upside. Like I'd much rather get like a, a Dwayne Eskridge who is either going to be epic or flop. And that's fine. Either way, like I just either keep him on my roster or cut him. I feel like Amon Ra is going to give you that. Oh, no, I'm good. Don't drop me. But you're not going to feel ever good about putting him in. I was just going to say, I think with, with Sam Brown, we just, we just mentioned a little bit with, with Mooney earlier, is, is going at the back end of, of that second round in, in rookie drafts. I just think with someone like Sam Brown, with that opportunity, whether he he makes the most of that opportunity it's yet to be seen but i just think because of that opportunity if he can just make the slightest hot start to, to the 2021 season he is somebody that i would look to move on straight away you've just mentioned it rich i just think with his future outlook i'm he's not somebody i'm 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 invested in in the, in the long term but if you can just flash at the start people are going to be excited about that that potential opportunity um so yeah he's probably a guy that if if i do have any shares of him I'm I'm looking to move him on early on, but when he he performs early on, um, I'm I'm just I'm I'm not buying into that longevity that that he's got with the Lions. Yeah, we spoke about uh, ASB on a, on a recent show, mm-hmm. guys, didn't we, Matt? About that the plan with him is to take him in that late second where it's a bit all over the place, and then hope that it hits with this this volume, this this opportunity as a rookie, and then look to sell him uh, and try and get like a third or a second next season, or even the the year after. Um, just just on ASB, get your get your thoughts on this, Rich. If you had to compare him to a food, what would it be? <laughs> uh, probably, mm, uh, probably a tuna and sweet corn sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you know, oh. if, if I'm if I'm hungry, yeah, I'll go for it. But <laughs> I'm not, you know, I'm much for like a, a prawn mayo or something like that. You know, <laughs> it's, it's it's the one that's stuck on the shelf at the end of the day, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> Yeah, yeah when, you, when you when you call into the supermarket in the evening and it's the, it's the last one on the shelf. You, yeah, five minutes before closing. Five <laughs> minutes before closing, and they've gone. We've got this left. That is that's your option. That's 
That's Amon Ross and Brown. <laughs> yeah, you, you've, you've got him or Kadarius Tony, who's like a cheese savory or something, you know, he's <laughs> a bit, bit disgusting, but sometimes it's a spot. <laughs> so, yeah, well, it's it's not the, the, the greatest wide receiver car, though, is it? Yeah. So, um, yeah. That's it. It brings me on to my next question. I mean, we're going to be talking about some guys that a lot of people probably haven't even heard of. Um, but I just think because of, of how weak this wide receiver core is, I think we've got to mention that they, they brought in three undrafted free agents um, following the draft. They brought in Javon McKinley, um, Jonathan Adams, and, and Sage Surratt. Sage Surratt. So I'm just interested to know, Rich, with that potential opportunity, as we just mentioned, with how, with how poor this wide receiver core is, have you got your eyes on, on any of these guys just as a stash? If you're in any deep leagues, you, you're going to slide them into your taxi squad. I mean, is there, is there any, appeal, any appeal at all with these guys? If I'm in like a really deep league, and I mean like, you know, I'm in a 32-man startup. Oh, wow. Then... <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, we're, 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 I think we're in the seventh round here. So we're, we're far off these... Uh, Detroit Lions UDFAs, but <laughs> towards the end, I think I might be picking up the likes of uh, Sage Surratt, who yeah. could, you know, he's massive, massive guy. Um, and that to me is the kind of person I'm just going to go for because I think Jared Goff is just going to be, you know, gets a snap, immediately goes, right, who's free? Right, they'll do. And I think Sage Surratt, with the, the big body that he's got, you can get a couple of touchdowns and hopefully I can move him on for something. Uh, I mean, when we're talking about this, though, it's really difficult because we're always like, mm-hmm. "I'll just move them on for something." And you need yeah. you, the thing that always always gets me is like, everyone just goes, "Yeah, just uh, just sell him or buy him." And it's like, well, I need to find someone else who will sell yeah. or buy him, right? <laughs> so, I mean, if, if Sajirak catches one touchdown week one uh, and finishes like 50, 50 yards, four receptions, I'm not getting a lot for him. <laughs> so, you need that that Travis Fulgham type of. Six game wow. stretch where he's, he's dominating. I think that's the only chance you've got of moving on a, a guy like this. The difficulty with that though is by the time the sixth game comes, I start talking myself into yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. I'm going like, no, nah, I'm not I'm moving him because he's because he is elite. Clearly, yeah. I think these these three guys are interesting. Um, I mean, the most well known one is, is Sage Surratt. He's the guy that sort of fell in in uh, in rookie drafts after the draft capital, and then. Jonathan Adams has got a lot of hype on Twitter, a few acrobatic catches, a um, bit of hype in the, in the um, sort of film grinder industry. Um, yeah, I'm not overly hyped by any of these guys. I think you're more of a, a Devi guy, a deep dive on the rookies, aren't you, Matt? Maybe you can shine a bit more light on who, who you like out of these three. I'm not sure about that, but I'm, I'm a bit like Rich. I think Surratt's probably the guy that, that most intrigues me. He was the guy that I think a lot of people were were high on. A lot of people were thinking he, he was potentially going to be one of these top top 10 guys maybe that were that were drafted in the NFL, but he did slide down. So I think just because of that, people, they know the talent he's got. He, he flashed a little bit of weight for us when, um, you know, the, the elite quarterback played alongside Kevin in Jamie. Oh, Moon. my God. So, <laughs> um, I just think with that, with people knowing that... that He's the guy that they thought had the talent, and as I say, just landed on on this roster with the potential opportunities that that could open up. He was probably the one guy that I gravitate towards. But we've mentioned it; it's just it's an absolute dumpster fire isn't it? This, this wide receiver core. And in all honesty, none of them I, I think are, are long term long term options in in fantasy. No, it's it's a disgusting wide receiver core. Just ask you about the two guys we've not mentioned, Rich, about Tyrell Williams and Brashad Perryman. Is there any any love for those guys? Yeah, I mean, whenever I've got a quarterback who typically likes to go short field routes, 
I always find it's key to try and get <laughs> not one but two guys that just root all all the way to the bottom of the field. I mean, Tyrell Williams. I don't even think he he didn't play last season. That he was injured. I was injured. Yeah. yeah. So so we've gone for a deep threat ball who uh, who didn't play last year because he was injured. So yeah, I if if you were going to say how would you sum up the Detroit Lions? I think the signing of Tyrell Williams would be it. <laughs> That's fine. It it might be great news for the tight end, though. Uh, Mm. TJ Hawkinson, um, I mean, where are you on him? And how long do you think it is before he breaks into that elite top three tier? And to give a bit of background, he's currently tight end six going in round seven of startups. He won't be tight end six in anyone's that I'm in. I'll tell you that. I'll tell you that that for now. Um, (laughs) Just because the team is an absolute dumpster fire. I mean, we're talking about uh, targets earlier and saying, like, yeah, if I get five or six targets, like that is phenomenal. Hawkinson is going to get more than that. I think he's the the reason why he maybe hasn't had that massive breakout is that he, you know he's he has sometimes struggled with his catch rate um, and getting those scoring opportunities. But I think you know, yeah, get on the hock exactly, <laughs> exactly, Ali. Well, well said. So I, for me, I think Hawkinson is he's primed for a, for a breakout this season. Jared Goff has a propensity to target tight ends. Uh, Hawkinson is a good, very good tight end, and actually, I think he's very underrated because a lot of people uh, don't appreciate just the steady production that he's given at tight end. Um, so for, I'm I'm all on board. For this season, especially, I and mean, if I can pick him up, I'm I would. Yeah. Are you going, Kevin? I'll let you tell this one. I'll tell the last one. I'm not sure. I, 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 I want to know your opinion first. I want to know what you say. Don't know if I want to give away my, my love for him. Um, <laughs> nah, he's a he's a a great player. Um, I I actually took him pretty early in one of my stops last um, last season. I took him in like round two, which. It's a bit crazy for a rookie tight end because you know they're not really going to hit till till year three. But he's he's absolutely primed to be a massive breakout this year. Yeah, as a as a sophomore last season, he had 101 targets, lost both starting uh, wide receivers Marvin Jones and your mate uh, your mate Matt uh, Super Super Kenny G. <laughs> uh, but yeah, 101 targets last season. He's potentially going to get like 120 this season, which regardless of the QB player, we know we know Goff's pretty decent with a tight end. He, he's going to get plenty of fantasy points. It wouldn't be surprised if he had a season like Darren Wallens last season where he was, uh, what, tight end two. Um, he, he's got that in his range of outcomes, no doubt. We've, we've still got Kittle that seems to get injured all the time, so it might be a, a hot take, but Hawkinson to finish with Kittle this season. Who knows? I like it. I'll back it up with another hot take. I think that I take Hawkinson over Kyle Pitts in in Dynasty. I know Ooh, I Kyle like Pitts. It. Everybody's saying he's a tight end four. I think for me, I'm, I'm putting in Hawkinson. I think as a, as a tight end four, you, you both just just said all the reasons why you should should be in love with Hawkinson. I think just with, with Goffy's style of play and then this this defense the fact that they're going to have to be throwing the ball a lot to to keep up in games, um, and then that. The other options that they have on offense, I just think Hawkinson is is in line for a, a huge role. He's he's already shown what a, what a consistent and solid tight end it can be, and and we know how long it takes these tight ends to to adjust in the NFL usually. So I think with that in mind, and then as I say, this increase in opportunity, I do think that Hawkinson can he can get into that top three. And I think he can he can push 
top tight end too. It wouldn't surprise me at all. So, yeah, a guy that I'm, I'm definitely high on um, leading into to next year. Yeah, I mean, Goffey, he got, got careers out of, well, he got <laughs> career four games out of Tyler Rigby, didn't he? So, uh, you, you know he likes tight ends. Yeah. Um, he's he, he's, he's going to be throwing a lot. I think if I was to guess how this offense pans out, it would be a ton of targets to Hawkinson, a ton to Swift, and then not much else, really. What's what's mm-hmm. your thoughts on the, the target distribution, Rich? So I've got Hawkinson... Uh, with uh, 125 targets uh, as a target le- leader on the offense. Then I've got, um, I mean, if we're just talking targets, like I think Bashar Perryman will get a lot of targets, but not a lot of receptions. <laughs> um, so I actually have, uh, in, in order, I have Hawk- Hawkinson, I have Amon Ra St. Brown, uh, Swift. Because I think Amon Ra, it, th- those, th- the, way, the way that I see the offense working is... <laughs> I don't know why they brought in Perriman and, and Williams. <laughs> I really just don't understand it. But I can see like Hawkinson, St. Brown, and Swift being like the three pillars that Goff is going to be wanting to work with, uh, with the occasional just, well, I'm just going to launch it downfield and hope one of them gets it. So that that's kind of how I see that offense playing out. Yeah, very, very interesting. And I, I know this, I'm pretty sure I know this answer as well, but just, just to confirm for us, um, both Hawkinson and Fante came out uh, the same year from the same university at Iowa. I just wondered, um, Noah Fante, is he a guy you like as well? Do you like him nearly as much as Hawkinson or do you, are you really bought into the uh, get on the hawk? <laughs> no, I, I, I'm get on the hawk, um, to be honest. But I mean, there's, ironically, I, I probably think Fant is probably in a better, better offence, which is actually the issue that I have with mm. Fant because you've got Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, you know, Melvin Gordon's going to steal some targets. You've got uh, Javante Williams that they've just brought in. And, uh, you know, my sleeper for the season, Mike Boone. Oof. Careful. Wow. I've seen your eyes light up a little bit then. I'm just thinking <laughs> how much Javante Williams I've drafted. <laughs> Damn. Um, yeah, so I think th- that's the issue that I have with Denver is they've got so many kind of like good bits that I'm worried about how many targets Fant will get. Uh, the Detroit Lions is such a dumpster fire that I've got no concern over how many targets Hawkinson will get. What sort of gap have you got, Matt, between Hawkinson and Fant? Um, well, I've definitely got Hawkinson above Fant. Um, I just think, I think in my rankings, I've got a couple of spots between them, and, and it's for the reasons that, that Richard's just mentioned. I think with the amount of mouths that need feeding in Denver, and then as well the, the quarterback play, in Denver, I mean, if, if Aaron Rodgers comes in, then your eyes light up a little bit, don't they? When it comes to these these Denver players, but when it's when it's Drew Locker, Teddy Bridgewater, um, it's not it's not something that excites me. And then, as I say, just knowing the the amount of mouths that needs feeding, that that's just what puts me off in a little bit. And then, as I say, with Hawkinson, he, he's got a clear path to to an unreal amount of, of volume. What he does with that volume, I, I think personally that he's he's definitely going to make the most of it, but. It's something we all crave in fantasy, isn't it? It's that volume. It's what we all gravitate towards. If you see a guy, especially at tight end, we know what what a mess the position can be. So if you've got a tight end that's, that's seeing targets, I mean, you've, you've won half the battle already. So, yeah, Hawkinson for me, definitely over, over fan. And as I say, he's, I've even got him over pit. So I'm I'm a high on Hawkinson for sure. And I'm, I'm on the hawk with Alex. Get on the hawk. <laughs> yeah, on the hawk. Any closing thoughts on the Lions, Rich, before I say our goodbyes? <laughs> no, no, I mean, I think I summed it up earlier. 
they signed Terrell Williams. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> we'll end it with that. So just want to say thank you, Rich, for, for joining us. We really do appreciate um, you coming on. Is there anything you want to plug before before you leave? Where can we can we find you and, and a little bit about King Fantasy Sports? Uh, yes, yeah, so you can find me kfantasy underscore sports. Uh, I think I put the underscore in the right place. Uh, um, we've got our draft kit, which is an online draft kit. So when I was talking about my projections, you can get our projections workbook. Uh, we've got auction draft tool. We've got a bunch of stuff that I've been working on. Uh, so that will be going ready live June 1st. But there's plenty of stuff in there already to have a look at. Um, in terms of other projects, like uh, we've got the UK Fantasy League. If you haven't signed up for that, then go ahead. Uh, KingFantasySports.com forward slash UKFL. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's the off season by name, but it's not by workload. So yeah. you guys, I'm, I'm sure, know it as well. So <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> yeah. That's how it is, right? It's always great as well, Rich, because I know that it was when I first started out, I think you were one of the first guys that I actually spoke to about when you told me about your, your draft kit and everything. So I think it's great to see how much you, you've come along with with all that as well. And, and yeah, it's, it's great things going on over there at, at King Sports. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's somewhat daunting having my name on a site. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, and I think a lot of people don't actually believe my name because they go, oh, your name is Rich King. Oh, is that a joke? <laughs> I'm like, no, it's not a joke. Like, it's just just an awesome name like i can't help it um but i mean yeah i think i i, I remember like reaching out to you like very early doors so that was um mm-hmm. that was our draft board so we yeah. have um like draft boards for live drafts and that's literally the whole reason why i started king fantasy sports mm-hmm. was because i couldn't get a draft board in the country so i was like i'm just gonna make my own so then yeah. that's like kind of how the whole the whole thing came about um so yeah it's been a fun journey and i've got like a bunch of guys writing for us now great team so I'm really pumped as to what we can do for for this season. Absolutely, no, yeah, forward just, to, to seeing it. Yeah, just just want to thank you as well, Rich, for coming on. You've uh, <laughs> give great insight. You made us laugh with your food the comparisons. Food. <laughs> that's, that's been a, a highlight as well. And and also, I, I saw you you dropped um, an article regarding the Scott Fishbowl scoring to help with help people with that as well today. Yeah, so. I I did that last year as well. So um, yeah. It's actually really weird because um, I wrote for I wrote for Roto Baller as well, and these guys in that chat they said, "Oh yeah, look, we've got this uh, screen cap," and I was like, "Yeah, it's literally that's literally mine." Like I did that, like because I could see like it's my, my, the font that I use is really weird, so like it's almost like a fingerprint. And I was like, "That's that's literally from <laughs> yeah. me," and they were like, "Oh, you did that," and I was like, "Yeah, that's fine." But yeah, so I'm, I'm actually trying to delve into the kicker stats now because now he's confirmed the the kicker scoring. I'm trying to find the exact placement of field goals, but it's like it's not impossible. But I, I think I'll get I'll get there in the end. And yeah, you can just get that on the site. That's up there. You download it, Google Sheets, do what you want with it. Love it. So yeah, thanks again, Rich. We really appreciate you coming on, and I'm sure we'll 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 speak again soon. Yeah, take it easy, guys. Yes, yeah, have a good uh, have a good stream. Thanks a lot. See you later, Rich. Thank you. See ya. When you have the wild card, you have the power to change the game.